The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and, of course, past performance does not guarantee future returns. Kiriro o te motu raro mai kia on the rag. He kone ipurangi mona manawahine. Citizens of the nation, welcome to On the Rag, a podcast for and about the mana of women. I'm croaking up a storm, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Alex Vocal Casey. Fry. Joined here for a very special episode by Michelle Court. Hello. Leonie Hayden. Morena. And we have a very special guest today, Mava Shali. Salam alaikum. She's here. She's here. Now, you are a journalist. Yes. Correct. Yes. A writer. Yes. A producer for the project. Yes. An associate and producer. Associate producer. Yes, very important. Okay. Not executive. <laughs> no, no, no. Is it less money? So Love you, John Bridges. You're the boss at the project. <laughs> no. So you're in charge of the project? The whole thing. The whole yeah. thing was her idea. <laughs> Who invented the project? <laughs> and you're also self described a sassy Muslim woman, a motor mouth, yes. and you claim that coffee is addicted to you. It is. Uh, yeah. It is. I'm sorry. Coffee's we're getting help. Sorry, we only got you one coffee. We should have got, got lined them up. No, that's all right. Should I have an IV? And somehow IV. I got the big one. <laughs> I can give you some if you... That's absolutely fine. Okay. I'm still going through this, but IV later on. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we are here, as always, to talk about the previous month in New Zealand and women's issues. <laughs> I hate it when we make this podcast sound as dry as the people who don't listen to it think that it is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Welcome to an hour of hour. us talking about our ivories. <laughs> <laughs> Whether we're a bit clammy in the clunge. Oh, my God. <laughs> It's Michelle. Well, it is Michelle. Yeah, I've taken That's it to the race already. Two minutes in. Yeah. Took it round the flag. It usually wait later. <laughs> yeah. Usually takes a lot longer for her to pull out the C word. Before it's we get early. more uh, clunge chat ZB, we've got special thanks to the Women's Bookshop. They're having a massive sale on at the moment. Woo! Stock take, fire sale, everything must go. If you're in Auckland, check them out on Ponsonby Road or www.thewomensbookshop.co.nz. We've got two giveaways this month. We've got the Top Twins Top Country Culinary Journey through New Zealand with the Top Twins. Now this, I mean, what do you reckon about this? That is a good looking book. It's good. What's your thoughts? I trust their cooking for some reason. (laughs) Yeah. 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 They look like people that know how to cut up a whole cow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, nose to tail, use and the whole thing. And put on a hell of a barbecue for a hundred yeah. of their closest friends. Yeah. <laughs> so if that interests you, 
We've got that. We've also got, but I changed all that. A little book of the first New Zealand woman, the pioneers. There's Janet Frame. There's, um, oh, no, it might be a spoiler. There's someone that's going to feature in our new um, web series. Ooh. Aotearoa's Lost Sporting Legends. Mm-hmm. Cool. Who I won't blow in case the executive producer of the project scoops us. Why? <laughs> Listen in, John Bridges. <laughs> <laughs> So if you want to win those, um, head to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash on the rag. We've also got our private Facebook group on the rag 24-7, of which you joined just Last yesterday. Night. Yes, I did. I saw you. What did you think? Did you take a look around? I did. And there was a piece on it that I really enjoyed. It was from the – someone had commented on a piece on the New York Times. They talked about Jacinda Dern's leadership. Oh, yeah. It was a bit complicated for me, that comment, about um, how they – it shouldn't have been that straightforward about her being as a woman. You know, being a woman and leading us through this time. But for me, I looked at it and I was like, but it is that straightforward. She is a woman, she's a mum, and she did a great job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Hell yeah. I'm not it's hearing a, a lie. It's a good page, and you yeah. could actually spend your whole life just reading on mm. that page. You yeah. might have to give up your job or, yeah. or get promoted to the level where, you know, they don't actually do anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is the ideal, I think. Well, that ain't going to happen at the project. Everyone's always doing something, yeah. even Jeremy Corbett. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Come the scopes. He's not on Dancing with the Stars, right? That was an April no, That was joke. an April Fool's thing. I was so disappointed. Well, that was believable. It was too believable. That's, you know, shout out to the graphics team. Yeah. They are so yeah. good. Oh, that wasn't even his body? No, just his yes. head. Oh, no, oh. that's not his body. <laughs> oh, no. no. I mean, he's lovely. Seen? He's lovely. We've been for a long time, but no. Oh, dear. Okay. Well, we're going to do things a little bit differently this month. Obviously, looking back at, it's April now, but we're looking back at March, and there was probably just one news event that defined yeah, for sure. that month. It's been a couple of weeks now, but it, it, it feels kind of bizarre to, I mean, not move on, but, you know, the, the yeah. news cycle moves on, and I yes. just thought we haven't really had time to kind of talk about it. Yeah. So. How are we doing? How are we doing? It's uh, the world does feel slightly different for mm. for me for people like us, I guess. Maybe mm. you know we thought that this wouldn't happen here. I don't know why we thought it wouldn't. Ha- I think we thought that nobody knew where New Zealand yeah. was. I think we just think nothing happens here. Ever. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And I yeah. think that's why the person uh, who committed the atrocity chose it to happen here um, so there's that but yeah I mean it's been wonderful as well as terrible right it is terrible um, but I think New Zealand's been remarkable in the two weeks and some days that we have had in the way that we have moved on and yes move on is a bit of a grotesque term mm. and yes all of that but we have maybe, in my opinion, past that first stage of grief. And we're now at a crossroads where we could do something about it. And that, and, and to me, I'll measure that by a certain number of things or not do anything about it, which I don't think is an option. But it is important to mention that we've made spectacular progress and we wouldn't have been able to do it without the women in this country. Mm. So, of course, the leadership of Jacinda Ardern. Um, I mean, everyone's seen that picture that was projected onto the bridge. Mm. You know, you don't fake that kind of hug. You don't fake that kind of love and aroha that you have for someone. Then it's, you know, the, the victims' families and that those mothers, daughters, wives, sisters, friends who showed this immense amount of courage and sort of saying, well, it's happened. We're going to grieve for it, but we're not going to still at the same time mourn them. 
because they've literally literally taken bullets, but it's not going to be for no reason. So so that's women and and then of course non-Muslim women who just chose to wear the wore, despite criticism mm-hmm. wear the headscarf or not wear the headscarf but at least mm-hmm. come out. So I think women have come out in their droves and they've really led us through this crisis and which is why we've sort of in some way been graceful through this. Had it not been for women, we wouldn't we wouldn't be talking about it this way. There are certainly a lot of male leaders yeah. around the world making some sort of weird calls and they're looking like Muppets. You know the one I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bit of a turkey. It's true, though, that we've sort of reacted uh, with compassion as a yeah. country yeah. and that is because of the lead that we've got, whereas yes. these things happen in other countries yes. and it's this big dick-swinging competition. Yes. Oh, Did like you do a- fire with fire and it's all super yeah. mask and aggressive mm. and it's really nice to be able to be like a little example to the yeah. world of how of not to do that. kindness and gentleness. Mm, also, yeah. I, I'm not the only person I think who every now and then when I've been hearing Jacinda speak, I've flipped it in my head and imagined Simon Bridges having a <gasps> chat. <laughs> just, just, and then I stop, I stop yes. doing that because yeah. it makes me feel unwell. Don't do that yeah. to her. No, that's really mad. That. No, no, no. no <laughs> but it just shows yeah. you how lucky we are yes. to have that person with mm. that mana. And, and on a positive note, I, you know, any leader, any New Zealand leader, whether male or female, email if they went through this, they would have had some level of aroha, whether it was Simon Bridges or whoever yeah. it was. Yeah. God, God, you're have m- so much nicer than I am. You're lovely. It's <laughs> very kind. Well. <laughs> oh, okay. Tell that to my mum. <laughs> Who thinks I'm a horrible person <laughs> for hurting her feelings every morning. That's what mothers are for. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Thanks, Michelle. But no, no. What I'm saying is what really stands out to me is that it's a woman. Mm. And, and and a mother at that. And that really makes a difference. And, and you know, so, so it shouldn't be wished upon any leader, but having a woman is the most amazing thing. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Have yeah. you found, um, like you say, this is sort of uh, the – the moving through this has yeah. been led by women and especially yes. women in the Muslim community. Yeah. But that new visibility on the Muslim community that wasn't there before, yes. people who don't know enough about Islam are all like, but aren't you all oppressed? Like, yeah. what's the what's that been like sort of? Frustrating. Yeah. Very, very frustrating. Are people like frank with you about their sort um, of, their questions? So they're, they're frank about the questions like, why do you do it? How do you do it? But they never ask, are you forced into doing it? I mean, there's obviously a nicer way of asking, like, do you feel forced into doing this? Um, I don't know whether that's political correctness, why people wouldn't want to ask, but certainly all the women I have known don't do it out of oppression I have known women like myself I did it for a long period of time and then I gave it up and there was no judgment around that and then I started doing it again and there was no judgment Mm. like you know from my community around that Mm. whether I gave it up or wore it again Um, and I know women like that as well I think Um, but but the, the, the point is that no we're not oppressed and it really it's hurtful when people say it's a symbol of oppression mm-hmm. because I do it as a symbol of identification and mm-hmm. I'm more than my hijab. Just as you are more than your clothes and you're more than your glasses and you're more than your humor. And, <laughs> and, 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 you know, you know, that sort of a thing. Like, you know, it's, it's just, I'm more than that. I, I actually remember this employment situation that I was once in and I really, really wanted that job. And, um, 
And the industry, believe it or not, I used to work in HR, and the industry, I was told, was a bit old school. Mm. And they would not accept the hijab. But at the same time, the recruiter said to me, but you're a very striking race. And I'm like, I'm not Arab. Um, what do you mean by a striking yeah. race? Because Muslims aren't a race. That's a weird sentence to make. Yeah, yeah, you're a very striking race. So so at the same time, it brings the focus to your face. And I'm like, but that's not what I want the focus to be on. Yeah. I want you to look at my CV. I want yeah. you to tell me that I can I can deal with people. And, and it was an HR job. Yeah. So mm. isn't that what human resource mm. professionals are supposed to do Yeah. Um, oh. as well? So, so we're more than our hijab. But... If and I hate the word solidarity, but if other people want it, because it's been used so much, but if other people want to put it on, please yeah. don't think it's a symbol of oppression because I'm not oppressed. Trust me, I'm yeah. not. Yeah. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not getting that vibe at all. No, no. no. You I might have been the oppressor. But. <laughs> Can I ask you yeah. when you stopped wearing the hijab for a while? What what motivated you to do that, and why did you start to wear it again? Okay, that's nobody's ever asked me that question. So thanks, Michelle. Thank you, spin-off. Um, <laughs> because I didn't feel like I fitted in. So I stopped wearing it. And I'll be very honest, I did not feel like I fitted in. I wanted to be normal. But then what's normal? Yeah. Like, you know? Yeah. Um, in New Zealand, there's all sorts of colors and races. And as in our prime minister puts it, hundreds of different ethnicities. Mm. So... You know, then I stopped doing it, and and I I think about a year, a year and a half that I didn't do it. But then I was like, well, this has always been my identity, so mm. why should I give it up to be be like everyone else? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that's cool. You've written yeah. that amazing piece for the spinoff, actually. Yes, wink, wink. Um, <laughs> I remember being on the phone to you, and you were just like, "I'd love to write about hijab. I want to talk about Muslim Bluetooth." Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like. Mm. It's a great opportunity for you to talk about that right now. <laughs> great. Well, it wasn't. I, I was disappointed to learn that it wasn't my invention. I thought it was, Aww. but it's not. Like women in Australia doing it. Um, there was someone in Minnesota who did it, and the police had to say, "Well, it's completely legal because you're not touching the phone." And you oh, know, was driving. Yeah, she was. Yeah, you can drive with it. So, yeah. in that spin-off piece, I do mention my beautiful colleague Callum. Love you, Callum, friend. Um, anyway, he tried to do it with a tea towel. <laughs> <laughs> Because it's not as tight, so yeah. So it's, so the hijab has its uh, you know its good points, yeah. and that means you can stick your phone tuck in, your phone in, tuck your phone in. Yeah. Also, we've discussed this bad hair day, bad hair days. Mm. Okay, I had cannot tell you the number of days I've had greasy hair under my hijab. <laughs> it's not the reason I do it, no, but mm. it is great. You, you can have a bad hijab day though. Can so, you? Are yeah, there days when you just can't tie it right? You you can't tie. It. There's no winning yeah. for women, eh? So um, <laughs> so some days you know you can't find the right matching head up or you if you like god forbid the day you lose a safety pin you cannot lose safety oh, pins no. a problem oh, and a half no. so yeah what do yeah. you use instead you don't use anything oh, you, you have to just, tie it and yeah, yeah, it's, yeah it's just uh, and then you have to be graceful and stuff yeah. which i can't be yeah. so. you also mentioned <laughs> earlier that it came in handy when you tried to dye your hair blonde oh yes there was a time when <laughs> i bleached my hair and and for those of you you know um, yeah. who don't know what i look like i've got olive skin so um it's not I, it's not an easy thing for us darker mm-hmm. skinned women to do no no so no. i went 
Congratulations. <laughs> and I'm not talking blonde. I'm talking like blonde, like platinum blonde. Platinum blonde. Yeah, yeah. Like, is it Eminem who's got that sort of... Yeah, yeah. Okay, oh, yeah. So I went to Eminem. But it wasn't good. It was not good. And my, my people at home had to endure it. Like, my family had to endure it. And I, well, actually, no, they didn't have to endure it because I was a butt of all jokes. So, no, seriously, I was. I was loving it. Yeah, they were like, you know, calling me Britney Spears. And it wasn't, you know... Yeah, I like the reference was Eminem. <laughs> Yeah, they were calling me all sorts of things. My brother was just like, oh, my God. And then I got called a Pakistani blonde and all sorts of things. But, yes, the hijab came in handy because no matter what my colour, hair colour is, I will have a hijab on and you will not be able to tease me. Yeah. Hey, can I ask you, one of the things that, uh, you know, for somebody who just had a, a day of wearing a hijab, you feel it's quite a confronting thing because you know that everybody can see it right yeah. Yeah. so um, what is that like on a daily basis for you um, so uh, right after the attacks I had these compassionate smiles which was which was alright which was not bad to have um, because we were all hurting but on a daily basis yes I do get stares mm. I like you know so someone's staring at you you know some, when someone's staring at you you look I remember this incident when I looked, turned around and looked at someone else who was staring at me and they were like what are you looking at and that was weird because you'd just been looking at me yeah. <laughs> you um, stared at yeah. that <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what I wanted to say. But she was, uh, yeah, she was kind of big <laughs> and scary. So I didn't. So I looked away. Um, but I also know of times, this this one time I was told to go back home. Mm. Uh, and I was like, okay, I'll go to Henderson now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I need to get home at some yeah. point. Yeah. So, just call me an Uber. I'll go to Henderson now. Um, I actually, uh, on that note, um, just uh, this brings us to an important point as well. Just a month before the actual shootings, February 14th, 2019, three Muslim women wearing the hijab in Dunedin were actually attacked by skinheads. This was reported by the Otago Daily Times. Um, I've had a friend, a very, very dear friend who was spat on um, because of wearing the hijab and, and someone tried to pull her hijab off. Uh, so, yeah. Mm. And it's it's happened. I mean, there was this girl in Hendley, Mepara Khan, I think her name was, who, um, you know, her hijab was pulled off. So that's very common for that to happen. But at the same time, it's not scary to wear it because you're like, well, this is what I'm doing and this is, this is who I am. So you can't mm. take that away from me. The interesting thing about what you've just said, yeah. though, is that Muslim women mm. have been really aware of the mm. attitude towards them, the aggression, mm. yes. the growing aggression, it seems. Yes. And nobody listened. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and I think um, the spin-off ran a piece by Anjum, Anjum Rahman. Yeah. Um, but I've heard that, we've all heard that, I've actually, a, a very senior person in, in the then national government, I remember asking him, he came for a hui at a mosque, and I remember asking him, him. I said, I fear, I fear for us. And he said, you've got nothing to be scared of. Mm. Um, so, and and, and I, I've said that, I know that there's a very prominent um, Muslim woman leader in, um, in Hamilton. And she said in 2015, those sort of attacks had been on the rise. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what worries me the most is um, this, you know, so if you look at the last decade or so, there's three things that stood out to me. There was this one... Um, one professor, and I think he's a media commentator as well now, he was at the University of Auckland and a Muslim head covering student asked him for an essay extension. Mm-hmm. And he said, you're playing on the Western guilt 
or some such words, her father had died. <gasps> And she'd asked for an extension for that reason. So that's this is we're talking a, an academic. Mm. I'm not going to name names here. Um, then there was another professor just about one or two years ago who forced a Muslim woman to shake hands with him, and and he was sacked for it. Then there's another professor who said, "Well, Muslims are not very. I I I don't want to misquote him, but basically he questioned the employability of Muslims because they have to pray pray five times a day, and those those prayers I can tell you take five minutes." of your time and my colleagues at the project have never known when I've gone out mm. to pray. Mm. They've never known when I fast. I mean Michelle is a colleague and, mm. and I don't know if you've noticed I don't announce it. I don't just I just go do my thing and come back. And breaks are, are an important part of the New Zealand work culture, or it should be anyway. Mm. Um so so this guy actually said, well then the question he questioned the employability. What worries me is whether this is us, whether this isn't us, if the universities and people were supposed to be churning out our best from these mm. tertiary, mm. you know, just, institutions. Yeah. And if this is what the teachers there are doing, this is what the senior lecturers there are doing, what does that say about mm, us? Yeah. Mm. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah, mm. and if it's if it's like that at the mm. those kind of supposedly mm. educated mm. professional levels, what's happening further yeah. down? Yeah. yeah, but in saying that, I mean, I must uh, I must acknowledge our school teachers, our primary school teachers, beautiful people. When I was a when I was this um, you know intern, of, um, you know, at the Western Leader in Auckland, shout out Western Leader, <laughs> um, they sent me to a school. Uh, they sent me to a primary school, and I learned one of my life's most important lessons through um, a young six, seven-year-old girl. So she, when she, we interviewed her, it was about free fruit for kids or whatever. I interviewed her and this beautiful girl from, I think, um, her cultural background was from the islands or something. And she said to me, Miss Ali, what's your cultural background? And I thought it was such a beautiful question to ask instead of saying, where are you from? Because yeah. that's confronting. Yeah. You know, so I learned, I never ask where you're from. I always go, what's your cultural background? Yeah. Not even your ethnic background, your cultural yes. background. Because culture is beautiful. That's what I ask. But it, yeah. took, it took me 30 years to learn yeah. to ask it yeah. that way. Yeah. As a six-year-old, man. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, so well, there you go. So we are we are starting right. Maybe those teachers yeah. are starting right. But when it gets to uh, whatever, I, I don't know if I can make it generalization like that but but at the same time we've got factors that are working for us yeah. as well yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah that real high level institutionalized mm-hmm. racism and prejudice I think I quite often just make myself feel better by saying they'll be dead soon <laughs> yeah, it does feel yeah, like yeah, a yeah, waiting yeah. game it's sometimes. a waiting yeah, you yeah, just yeah. gotta wait it out but at the same time you also have to ensure that they're that, not passing it on that they're yeah. not passing yes. it on that the younger generations are smarter that they're more open minded mm. but like you were saying about the sort of the employability thing that's something we've talked about here before mm. about sort of the rigidity of what is seen as the 9 to 5 40 hour working week yes, in terms totally. of that's the only way it's done which yeah. has tip, like historically that's excluded a lot of women from the workforce yeah. and it genuinely had never occurred to me that it was all, also doing that to other cultures yeah. Mm. yes yeah and it also occurs to me that taking 5 minutes 5 times a day to be mindful yes. is what we should all be doing. We should all yeah. be doing that anyway. Yeah. I totally and also agree. I'm like, 
what about the smokers? Yeah, yeah, the smokers. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> they yeah. have five minutes, five times a day. Yeah, yeah. for sure. <laughs> yeah. I, I think probably mindfulness. And yeah. <laughs> it's, I don't know. Mindfulness. It's probably beautiful. Don't just smokers go out and then, then they spend those five minutes reflecting on something. Yeah, yeah. So, you don't know what they're doing. Definitely. That's why you never yeah. smoke. I sit in the toilet for five minutes, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hiding from the boss. It's on your phone. <laughs> <laughs> we should. Can we talk about um, the the to feminism within mm-hmm. the Muslim world? Because it seems to me that it's rife. That's what I'm saying. Yep. Oh, good. <laughs> well, um, that's the way I see it too. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, I don't think Islam and feminism are mutually exclusive, and but I'm not at the same time going to deny that there have been cultural influences that have suppressed women. But you cannot confuse those sort of tribal values with what Islam actually is. Mm. We've got to remember, so this is a religion 1,400 years ago. It brought in the right for women to vote. So New Zealand just had that. And it makes me a very proud Kiwi to say mm. that um, because we brought in, you know, we were the first to say, hey, women, you can, you're people, you can vote. So Islam brought that. Um, it, it was also a time when women did not have the right to property. And women were given the right to inherit property and not be property. Um, women have um, have been orators in Islam. Women have been educators in Islam, and it is it's a huge mis- misconception that women, uh, Muslim women, are not allowed to um, to be educated, which is absolutely incorrect. I mean, you've got the examples, which, again, do not confuse tribal values with Islamic values. You've got people like Malala Yousafzai, mm-hmm. who's an absolute advocate for women's education. Um, you've got people like, I mean, I, I come from Pakistan and you've got someone like Benazir Bhutto, who was the first mm-hmm. Muslim prime minister. And she was the first prime minister to be pregnant yes. in office. And she went right back to work mm-hmm. the day after she gave birth. Yeah. I mean, and and uh, yeah, I know she was real <laughs> yeah. cool. Um, and and it was in Pakistan. My father was one of the people responsible for her security. He was in the police, and the thing was, everyone wanted a piece of her. Someone wanted to push her and and for her to lose the baby, and other people wanted to just get a glimpse of the daughter. You know, Bhutto. Mm-hmm. So who was such a you know a very weird leader in and Pakistan, and she's the one who restored democracy in Pakistan, and that's a big deal. We've got Bangladesh since 1991; they've only had female leaders. So feminism and Islam are not mutually exclusive. Um, it can exist, but that does not mean that there are certain tribal practices that we can do away with. Mm-hmm. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, yeah, I think one of the questions that we sent through to you that seemed like far too big a subject for here and now, but <laughs> yeah. I, I guess I'm guessing one of the common misconceptions, like, like you say, someone mistook yeah. you for being a- Arab earlier, yes. or whatever, job interview. Yes. So I'm assuming your sort of identity uh, as a Muslim changes country to country, right? Because your the politics change, the laws yes. change, yes. the culture changes. Yes, Absolutely. So do you find that there are sort of Muslim women in other countries that you sort of feel for, that you think that maybe uh, Muslim women that are from other countries can help out? Is there that sort of feminist solidarity across Well, the thing is, feminism in certain countries is born out of that oppression. We see a lot of women in Saudi Arabia, for example, getting up and asking for rights. Like, for example, I do not understand why women are not, were not, rather, were not allowed to drive Mm. in Saudi Arabia. Um, And and those women have stood up and they have asked for their rights. You know, they they can do it. Or, like in Afghanistan, so so the the whole... 
idea of that shuttlecock burka is a very cultural thing. Mm. You will not see it in, in, in a lot of other parts of the world. Right. You know? So they've stood up and they've said, well, this is how I want to cover myself. And they still, by the way, they still want to cover themselves. Mm. Mm. Just not in that prescribed way. I don't think anyone wants to be pushed. So great feminism is also born out of countries mm. where we perceive that there's a lot of oppression. Um, and, and I don't know. I mean, this, this, this is a thing that could launch a thousand PhDs as well because yeah. I think the largely the Western misunderstanding around the parda or the the sort of the close quarters has come from the times of colonization when when people colonizers went into these countries and they saw the sort of the the so the only women that they saw were the sort of the notch girls or the dancing girls and these were the women who were exposed um who were by those western people sort of were thought of to be of loose character mm-hmm. and the women of the noble sort of descent were in their own quarters, but and so that the concept of the harem came about. So there's a lot of that colonization has brought about a lot of that misunderstanding mm, of the what Western gaze. Uh, yeah, the Western gaze exactly. But at the same time, there was a woman I forget her name who went uh, a Western woman who went and she said, "When I go to the Middle East, and this is the time, maybe it was Egypt, she went and she was like, the the beauty of these Muslim women is that when you, when they go out all covered, you can't tell who is a poor woman and who's a rich woman because they're all covered, they all look the same. So there's a lot of misunderstanding around it mm. that you know somehow Muslim women do not have a voice because they're covered or or uh, like I said." In the colonial times, they looked at it and they went like, oh, they're inside, in the in these inside quarters. Um, and so they don't have a voice. That is incorrect. Mm. Mm. We do have a voice. Yeah. You can hear it right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Um, what about, so we're kind of in this moment mm. right now. How do we keep it going? How do mm. we keep yeah. supporting Muslim communities, yeah. especially women? Or do you even need our support? Do you need it? That's a very well, good question. I was, I was, gonna, you know, that it, it talks to both of your questions. I think yes, com- continue to support Muslim communities, but don't do it at the cost of ignoring the Sikh community or the Hindu community or the mm. Maori or the mm. or the Chinese. I mean, the Asian communities have really been really had a tough time in this country. Yeah. They've had a horrible time in New Zealand. It, it hurts me to say that there's a person in power right now who really, really said, had very bad things to say yeah, about Asian communities. Absolutely. Mm. So so support them at the same time, please. Mm. It's not kid gloves around Muslims now. I mean, please, we were all, we're all under attack. And and at the same time, yes, you're, you're talking about supporting Muslim communities, but be it was an attack on all of us. So mm. take time for yourselves as well, to care for yourselves as well, because our country was affected by it, not just a Muslim place of worship. Mm. It mm. existed in New Zealand. So please go ahead. If there's a Sikh temple near you, go and, and, and visit it. If there's a Hindu temple, go there. There's so many beautiful things. Like at the Sikh temple, they have this thing called a langar, which is a free meal cooked by volunteers. It's beautiful. Go and have that. Mm-hmm. Go to the Hindu temple and then they present food to the deities. Go and try one of those sweets. Go uh, to a Buddhist temple. Go to a synagogue. Take care of all the communities, not just the Muslim community at this point. And it's okay just to turn up, isn't it? Well, it? for a mosque, yeah. um, it's open at certain times. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, turn up. Um, but some non-Muslims are welcome. Absolutely. On, yeah. yeah, but it's just like a marae. So just know to take your shoes off. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. 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 So, I, I, I mean, just to, to wrap it up, when I first moved to New Zealand in, in, two, in the 2000s, early 
2009 it was. Anyway, I loved how the Māori were welcoming. And, you know, you kind of go with the flow. You see everyone taking their shoes off mm. before they go into the whare and, and you do that sort of thing. And, and you learn that kiora is not kiora, it's kiora. So that sort of thing. But but you're sort of steered through it. So yeah. just just watch the cues. Yeah. Mm. Oh, that's what rules are for. So I love I love yeah. about that sort of about tikanga, but mm. from every culture. I don't know what the word is in English, but yeah. there's a, a nice set of rules to follow, and yes. it keeps everyone safe and welcome. Yes, yes. Mm. yeah, and they're about and uh, find, you finding a way in rather than a way of keeping you out. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Speaking of Kiora, I would like to nominate Mavash Ali as our Kiora Queenie of the month. Kiora, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on this podcast. Please come back. Yeah, come Take back. my seat. Take the mic. <laughs> I would love to. It's been lovely to have you here. And you'll you be hanging to. out in the, on the rag page as well. So, Of course. I'm lurking. Get commenting. <laughs> I lurk forever. Like lurking. Yeah. Yeah. Lurk like, oh, I, I, yeah. As a journalist, Facebook is a great way for me to stalk people. That's yes. true. Yeah, I'm doing my job. <laughs> That's true. You've got to be careful on our page. Yes. We'll tell you about off Yes. Yeah. Yeah. house rules will Explain. Oh, okay, Please okay. do not <laughs> steal right. any story ideas <laughs> from on the oh, rag to right. Well, the project is great like that. Yeah. <laughs> we only move the stories forward. Yeah, we All love right. it. We love the project. We love we having love. you on here today. Yeah, thank, thank you. Thank everybody. And that was a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we did that thing where we decided to finish, then we're like, oh, we should do a proper outro, so we're back. Sorry, guys. Um, we're going to keep it a little bit shorter this month. We just thought, you know. It was really nice to just talk about the one thing that's been on everybody's mind. From the important voice on it. (laughs) So, yeah, we'll be back uh, same time next month. Um, please go and shop at the Women's Bookshop. I can't stress that enough. It's Honestly. A sale. It's the beginning of the new financial year yes. as well. So just start you, it right and spend all your money right. there. That's right. You're back to, back to zero with your spending. Yeah. So you've, it's like you've never spent any money ever That's before right. in your life. Start fresh. Thank go, you for them. Go do it. Thank you for them. Thank you to them. <laughs> Thank you to Tina. Thanks, Tina. Yay, Tina. Yay, Tina. Yay. Thank you, Michelle, Leone, and Marv, who's now left us. But I wish she was still here. Yeah. She's still here in spirit, Maybe I feel. she'll be back. Yeah. She'll be back. She'll be back. We will force her to come back. Mm. And um, go watch our show, if you haven't watched it already. Yes, go on and the watch rag, episode one again. On YouTube. It's doing yeah. good numbers. Oh, good. That's nice. It's nearly got to 2,000 I liked it. I liked oh. it. I liked it. watched it a couple of times. Okay, we're rambling now. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> Kia ora e te iwi, te Aihe Butler here, podcast manager at The Spin-Off. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a Spin-Off member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.